It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, Patrick Johnson show here with you on this uh, football Friday. Final uh, football Friday before a pirate home game tomorrow. ECU playing the uh, gang from Cougar High, Houston. Tomorrow uh, in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Perfect start, 2 p.m. Gorgeous day on tap tomorrow. Looking forward to it. I'll have some... Uh, obligations during the game uh, broadcast wise but uh, we'll have pregame coverage for you coming up tomorrow at 11 a.m. outside of the Town Bank Tower our fourth game day 2.0.1 as we'll have uh, pirate game day countdown fueled by Bush Light the award-winning fastest two hours in radio often imitated never duplicated very much looking forward to uh, having Andrew Bays on with us tomorrow. Uh, we'll also begin the show with John Gilbert. He'll be on uh, talking uh, all things ECU Athletics and Pirate football right off the jump tomorrow at 11. So uh, tune in for that if you're on your way out to the stadium. Here from John Gilbert. Latest going on with Pirate Athletics. A lot of tickets have been sold for tomorrow. Should be a, a heck of a game, I think, between uh, the Pirates and the Cougars. Uh, we'll also have uh, with us today on the show Doug Martin. Doug has some obligations, as I do tomorrow, but uh, Doug also will be popping by our pregame locale. And uh, we will uh, have everything uh, you need to know with uh, the network coverage tomorrow. Our entire crew will be working uh, to bring you the very best coverage of the Pirates. Speaking of which, Pirate Report time here on the Patrick Johnson Show. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Here's some comments from Coach Houston ahead of the matchup with the uh, Houston Cougars tomorrow. Mike Houston uh, giving his thoughts on how practice has uh, gone, at least when we last heard from him. Another uh, Wednesday in the books. Uh, starting to get a little bit of uh, cool weather, which is good. Um, excited about the weekend. Good, uh, good, be good to be back at home, Daddy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, last regular season home game, so uh, you know should be a great atmosphere. You know, hope we got a huge crowd there, and uh, you know, great matchup with Houston. Yep, it'll be a, a heck of a game, I think. Uh, Coach uh, asked about uh, the status of uh, Keaton Mitchell and C.J. Johnson. They both look good. Both look good. Short and sweet, uh, Cougars will be a challenge up front, according to Coach Houston. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're very talented up front. You know, those guys, uh, you know, they, they all have great feet, very athletic, and they got some size inside. And, uh, you know, those guys on the edge, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge for us. Mike Houston talking about preparing for the Cougar offense. I think we've had a solid week of preparation. And, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly it's a challenge between the, the skill kids and the quarterback. And, uh, you know, I think they do a great job, you know, schematically. So uh, it'll be a huge challenge for us. But the kids, uh, kids are excited about it. Final home game for the seniors. And uh, Coach Houston on that. Last regular season home game. So for these seniors, last time in Daddy Ficklin Stadium. And we, we talked about that a good bit. So uh, our bunch will be excited to play. They'll be fired up and ready to go. Another uh, quick answer here, Holton Aylers resting at practice. Coach on as to one. He's had a million reps, so he, he did a good job there today. Yeah, well, he's, he's taken a few snaps. Uh, he'll be taking his final uh, snaps inside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium coming up uh, this uh, weekend, tomorrow, in fact. Uh, let's see here. Is there anything from uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick we didn't get to yesterday that uh, I thought uh, might be interesting to uh, to bring you here today? Uh, yeah, not really. Uh, we'll hear some of that. Uh, obviously, uh, we, we played the Mason Garcia stuff uh, for you yesterday. Uh, we'll hear from Blake Carroll a little bit later on uh, in the uh, show. Right now, a timeout uh, on the PJ Show Friday, the Football Friday edition to get you to the Game Weekend edition. Stay tuned. When we come back, uh, we'll delve into the matchup between the Pirates and the Cougars and talk college football with one-time ECU offensive coordinator, former head coach at uh, a couple of stops. Our pal Doug Martin will join us. Plus, later on in the show, we'll preview some of the high school football action tonight and uh, talk with uh, Sean Murphy, the head coach of JP2, as the Saints play for the eight-man state title against my alma mater, Parrot Academy, uh, tonight. Gets all that stuff come on the yesterday. football season every Friday we have talked to uh, coach Doug Martin he joins us uh, now as we are uh, getting ready for another wild weekend of uh, college football coach great to talk to you hope you're well I'm doing great Patrick good to talk to you again looking forward to seeing you uh, out tomorrow for another pirate game day countdown uh, I think uh, we all uh, appropriately would want to start with uh, the situation at Virginia they've canceled their game against Coastal uh, but boy, uh, it, it, it's it's certainly tough. Anytime you're in a position of of managing people as a head coach, and then when real world situations happen, uh, 
boy, it's just it's just another layer uh, of of leadership that you have to go through, and, and boy, what a tough time up there for everybody in in Virginia. It really is. Me, you know, my heart goes out to you know, obviously those families and and that whole program. And you know, that's one of the things about being a head coach that really goes overlooked, Patrick. Be honest with you, you know, kids are in your office all the time. You know, hey, coach, my parents are getting divorced. I'm having a hard time. Or, you know, my mom just passed away or my brother just passed away. I mean, I, I had to sit down and tell a kid one time that his brother had passed away. I mean, so these are things that a head coach handles when you're dealing with a hundred and something players and coaches and their families that doesn't go reported on, but it's, it's the most important part of the job you know, is taking care of people. And, uh, boy, I know that's a strain. They don't make a coaching manual for this to tell you how to handle it. Right. And yeah. I know it's a lot of stress on those coaches there. And, and like I say, my heart just goes out to all those folks there. Yeah, tough situation and, and no right or wrong answers with, with how they're handling it. Because, uh, as you say, there's not a, a, a manual on any of this. Let's, uh, let's at least uh, talk a little bit here about uh, the games on the field. And uh, we've got a good one tomorrow. Senior Day, East Carolina. Uh, the uh, Pirates... Go into that one, a touchdown uh, favorite over uh, Houston. Houston could score points. Houston won in dramatic fashion last uh, week. You know, everybody's kind of harping coach on that 77 they gave up to SMU. You know, but before that, they had a four-game winning streak going after kind of a rough start. This is a good Cougars team coming into town. You know, Houston is always a really athletic team. Obviously, where they are is so fertile for recruiting. I mean, they, they don't have to go, you know, 100 miles away. They can recruit a whole football team. So they're going to be very athletic. Um, they've really struggled on defense, Patrick, especially in the back end. I think their front seven is pretty good. But the secondary is really, you know, and, and watching their film, things like that, just mentally they make a lot of mistakes that turn some people open and things like that that East Carolina, I think, could really take advantage of. But they are going to score points. They are very athletic on offense. They've got playmakers all over the field. Uh, the quarterback is very mobile. And when he gets outside the pocket, that's when he's a lot more dangerous than being in the pocket. Uh, so, you know, if East Carolina can keep him back there in the pocket and make him throw from there, I think, you know, they'll be a little more effective. But playing at home is a huge advantage for East Carolina, and, and I, I certainly think this is a game they could get. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, senior day. That You're coming off a tough loss last week. And now you go to senior day. So it's a lot of emotions in the last uh, several days, I imagine, within the program for the Pirates. Yeah, it really is. No, this is one of those things, you know, that, again, a head coach and coaching staff really has to do a great job of. you got to prepare your seniors for this day because, you know, sometimes, you know, they can go out there and their emotions can get the best of them. And the first quarter, they don't play very well because of, you know, all the hoopla around this game and, it's really important to kind of walk them through this process and let them know exactly what's going to be going on so that, you know, when the game starts, they can play the best. Because that, that, what they're going to remember is the score of this game. And that's what they're going to make sure they take care of the business on the field. Doug Martin uh, with us, uh, one-time ECU offensive coordinator. Uh, also, uh, Coach Martin, head coach at uh, Kent State and New Mexico State in his time. And uh, living the good life at the beach. <laughs> Is what is what he's doing right now? Is what he's doing. It, it, it is a good life, man. You don't want to <laughs> be anywhere else once you get down here for a while. Hey, um, you. I think you hit the nail right on the head last week. Uh, special teams and explosion plays. And, and Mike Houston said, you know, you, you can't give up explosion plays. You can't give up that kickoff return. 
in, in a game like that last week for the Pirates. Is it, it, a little bit of what we'll see tomorrow similar in some respects? Yeah, I think it is. You want to limit explosion plays from Houston. You know, they, they're they not a team that really is effective driving the ball. There's not going to be like 10, 12 play drives. They, they'll make a mistake before they'll do that. But, you know, they create plays in chunk yardage, you know, explosion plays, pass and run. So if you can limit that, make them earn what they get. And, you know, you can frustrate them. And, and uh, I think that'll be a big key for East Carolina's defense. And then offensively, I just think it's really important that East Carolina answers. You know, you got to understand Houston's a good team. They're going to score some points. But when they score, if East Carolina's offense can go out and just answer that score, you, you'll be right in the game and things will end up uh, ebbing their way. Uh, Coach, when you look at uh, Holt Nailers, and we've talked about him uh, quite a bit, uh, I mean, this is he, – he's on the verge of a 3,000-yard season. Tune, by the way, has already passed for over 3,000 yards for Houston. So, I mean, the quarterback matchup overall is, is going to be fantastic uh, tomorrow. But you've got Ehlers. It's uh, going to be an emotional day for him for, as much as anybody. I mean, it's emotional for all the team, but for him it's going to be really, really, I think, uh, emotional. Um when you kind of reflect back on this, I mean, for Ehlers, that's got to be a tough thing to deal with those senior day emotions, but it's the hometown and, and, and that sort of thing. And there's, I'm sure, going to be a lot of internal pressure for him to want to go out there and play well and lead the Pirates to a win. Yeah, I think anytime you're a hometown guy, you know, there's there's just a lot more to it. You know, you grew up here, you, you know, all your family's around, they've all seen you play all these years and, and you realize it's coming to an end. But, you know, again, that's where I think he, he's got to do a good job preparing this week to just understand that, you know, I, I got to put those emotions away and just keep playing like I have been because he's, he's really made very few mistakes the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's doing a great job of extending plays. You know, if plays break down, he's able to move and keep the play alive. And, uh, you know, I think this is one of those games where it's going to be set up for him to make, big plays, but let them come to you. Don't try to force the issue. They'll come to you naturally. Uh, Coach, a couple of other, you know, games that are just sort of interesting to me. UConn beat a very good Liberty team to get bowl eligible last week, and you've coached in that independent situation and qualified for a bowl. That's really difficult. Yeah, it really is. I mean, hats off to UConn, what they've done. And again, this, this is a product of the age of the transfer portal, Patrick. You know, teams can – it's almost like the NFL where you can go in there and, and get in the trade for players, you know. And so it's a lot easier to build a team, you know, than it was in the past. In the past, just being able to recruit 25 players, it would take you two, three years to reset your roster to where you were good enough to, to go win. Obviously, looking at UConn, you know, they've hit the transfer portal hard and they've gotten enough key players – have a successful year here this year the the negative part of that is you know i don't know if that's a recipe for building a program down the road because a lot of those transfers are only going to be there for one year maybe two so you still got to be building a foundation but uh you know what they've done is impressive and and it is a product of that transfer portal another game tomorrow as we're talking to uh doug martin with us here on the patrick johnson show uh two future members of the american Texas San Antonio and uh, Rice and UTSA's ranked in one of the polls. Uh, they're eight and two. Rice with a win could could get bowl eligible tomorrow, which is a, a I would think a pretty big deal for them. Uh, boy, I tell you, you know, obviously Houston, Cincinnati, 
and UCF. You, losing those programs to the Big 12, I mean, you are losing uh, some really quality programs, especially with the years that Cincinnati and UCF have had in recent years. Uh, but but I think Texas-San Antonio is really poised to be a big-time you know, kind of team in, in the American with more resources coming their way. Again, we go back to that kind of fertile recruiting ground. Yeah, you're exactly right. UTSA, uh, you're not – they could play with Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, any of those teams right now and, and probably beat all three of them, to be honest with you. They, they are a program that has a lot of finances in it. they got a lot of money. they got a great place to recruit to. They've really got nice facilities. They're fully invested in football there, you know, fully invested. And that program is going to do nothing but keep getting better and better and better. And then Rice, like you mentioned, again, just another great year for a team that's really struggled for a long time. So, you know, again, I don't know what they've done in terms of how they how they built the program, but I know they played really good defense this year and haven't made a lot of mistakes, and they've made people beat them. And so they've been in every game, and, uh, you know, it's gone their way. Yeah. Um, got some other things I want to ask you about here uh, with the uh, college football playoff. TCU's four going into uh, the weekend. Uh, they're at Baylor tomorrow. Talk about doing it with defense. I mean, that's that's kind of been the Horn Frogs uh, mantra. Do you see this? Uh, I mean, th- there's a rivalry aspect to this. Baylor's proven to be capable this year. Not great, but but a, a solid football team. Uh, TCU's not favored by a lot going into that. I mean, should the Horn Frogs be on a little bit of uh, upset watch going uh, going into Waco? Yeah, if you're a TCU fan, you better be fully dialed in on this one. You know, Baylor is really tough at home. They're a really well-coached team. They've got a lot of pride in that program. They play great defense. And, you know, TCU has an outstanding quarterback. They score points. So if Baylor can frustrate them a little bit offensively and make it a little bit more of a low-scoring game, I'd give them a pretty good chance to win that football game. So that that's going to be a tough one for TCU. This week, Charlotte uh, has – hired uh, a new coach uh biff poggy or pogey biff pogey um coming from michigan a uh, guy who made a lot of money in a pre-football life uh he goes to charlotte uh you know this maybe is a little bit of a shot in the dark we'll we'll see but uh you know it's an interesting hire charlotte going to the american next year as well uh they will play ecu Every year over the next four years with their scheduling matrix, I, I kind of like the way that the American is handling that. They're designating two teams to kind of play one another each year and rotating everybody else. I, I really do like that plan. Uh, but w- with Charlotte as a football program, again, they're in an area where they should be poised to you know, have access to players. It's a pretty fertile recruiting area. Quick trip up to Virginia, too, by and large. So... Uh, an interesting hire, and uh, I, I guess if you're Charlotte, you're kind of figuring you have nowhere to go but up uh, in this current situation. Yeah, I, th- I think the Charlotte program as a program has a lot of potential to it as a group of five program. Just, you know, the location, obviously, and you have the pro sports there. There's a lot to recruit to. Um, I'm sure they're working hard on facilities and things like that. I've never been there. I don't really know exactly what facilities they have right now, but I know they seem like they're pretty invested in it. This was a little bit of a strange hire to me. I, I really, you know, when you're building a program from scratch, which this one still is, it's still in infancy, it seems like you might be better off with 
a guy that's had a lot of head coaching experience at that level and has been successful. I know Skip Holtz's name had been mentioned for that job, and I don't know whether you know Skip turned it down or whatever, but a guy like him would have been a perfect guy for that job because he's been there, he's done it, he knows the area, recruiting and all those type of things. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Now, if he can go hire a lot of assistant coaches that have a lot of backgrounds here through the Carolinas and recruiting and those type of things, then that may be a way to make up for that. But I do think that program has a lot of potential to it. They yeah. just haven't got there yet. Yeah, haven't haven't got there yet. Uh, anything else, Coach, that's uh, on your mind as far as football goes, college football goes, Any anything that has stood out? Uh, look, Wake and Syracuse play to, tomorrow night, and, and uh, both are bowl eligible. I know both are, are kind of hungry for a win, trying to just get the ship righted, so to speak. Yeah, you know, Wake has had – you know, three tough games. They really had a chance to beat North Carolina last week, which was a huge win for them. So they got a chance to finish up and win nine games. That would be a huge season for Wake Forest again on top of a 10-win season last year. So I think they'll end up right in there. They played much better last week. The program that, you know, really is, has really stepped up is UNC. You know, they've got a great yeah. quarterback, young guy that's making a lot of plays for them. They've gotten better. On defense, as the years go on, they're still very vulnerable on that side of the ball, but they've gotten better. And, uh, you know, to go where they were at the beginning of the year to where they are now, you're pretty impressive for that program. What happened to NC State last week? You know, Patrick, I think you and I had this conversation after about the second week of watching NC State. I really felt like they were struggling offensively even before the quarterback got hurt. And those, he struggled here at East Carolina. He struggled a couple of games after that. I just thought their offense was out of sync. And it kind of was like that all year. You know, then he gets hurt, and, you know, they have trouble replacing him until now. It looks like they found a young freshman in there that's playing pretty good. But it just seems like they haven't been able to get a balance all year to really play up to their expectations. Yeah, uh, and uh, that's, that's a puzzling loss, though. Because, I mean, BC really wasn't playing for a whole lot. They were already kind of out of bowl eligibility. That. It was probably a very frustrating loss, I have to imagine. For yeah, that, that's one of those where your players just aren't ready to play. And I'm sure, it, you know, it probably wasn't a great atmosphere to play in. But, yeah, Boston College has really struggled. And I would have thought that NC State could have handled that game. But, you know, again, you're dealing with young guys. Sometimes it's hard to get their attention to convince them that, you know, you better bring your best game every week. It's It's not basketball. It's not baseball where you have a game – the next day or a couple of days, but, but even, you know, the, the way the season is now, it, it's a pretty long season. And I mean, I just everybody over 12 games, at least you're going to play bad at least one week. Right. I mean, it's just going to happen. There's, there's, there's no question. And that that's why teams that can play defense usually can avoid those problems because, you know, defense travels, you know, if, you, if you've got a good defense, it's going to show up week to week to week. You know, offensively, sometimes you can be up and down a little bit more, but uh, the, the teams that play defense, they're usually a little bit more consistent than somebody that's just outscoring people. Hey, Coach, uh, great to talk to you. Uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you next week, and uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Uh, ECU and uh, Houston should be uh, should be a good one tomorrow from Dowdy Ficklin State. And I love the start time. Two that's old school, baby. Two o'clock start yeah, time. Players and coaches love games at that time. <laughs> you know, you get up, you get to go play. You don't have to sit around a hotel all day. So I guarantee you they'll be ready to play this one. And noon's too early. Noon's too early. This is the perfect – it's right there in the nice meaty part of the uh, good – you know, you're not rushed. It's a good deal. Hey, Coach, good to talk to you. Thanks a lot. 
All right, Patrick. Appreciate it. Time for a 94-3 The Game sports update. ECU takes on Houston tomorrow on senior day in Greenville. Mike Houston says the Houston Cougars will be challenging to deal with in the trenches. I mean, they're very talented up front. You know, those guys, uh, you know, they, they all have great feet, very athletic, and they got some size inside. And, uh, you know, those guys on the edge, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge for us. Parts kicking off against the Cougars tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and our coverage begins at 11 a.m. on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com with our Bush Light Pirate Game Day countdown with our very own Patrick Johnson and former ECU punter Andrew Bays. Number 24th ranked Tulane tamed SMU last night 59-24. Green Wave keeping their conference championship game berth hopes alive. With the win, Green Wave quarterback Michael Pratt had six touchdowns in that contest. 13th ranked Tar Heels welcome Georgia Tech to Chapel Hill Saturday night. North Carolina sits at 9-1 overall. Number 24th ranked NC State hits the road to play Louisville. The Wolfpackers 7-3. The Blue Devils share the same record and visit Pitt, while 6-4 Wake Forest welcome Syracuse to Winston-Salem. Number 8 Duke is looking to bounce back from their loss to Kansas in the Champions Classic. The 2-1 Blue Devils host Delaware tonight. 3-0 Demon Deacons are also in action tonight hosting LaSalle. NC State sits at 3-0 as well and entertains Elon tomorrow. Top-ranked North Carolina hosts James Madison on Sunday. That's all on the hardwood. High school football playoffs continue tonight in NCIS AA eight-man championships. It's Parrot Academy hosting JP2. JP2 in the title game for a third consecutive year. APA beat them two years ago in the championship game. And the Patriots won the regular season finale 66-60. Kickoff at 7 tonight for that rivalry matchup at Hodges Field in Kinston. Elsewhere, 1A East top seed at Tarboro hosts Riverside from Williamson. Perquimans at two seed Northmore. 2A East number 11 seeded Hereford County is at Whiteville. East Duplin hosts Clinton and Wallace Rose Hills at four seed Nash Central. In the 3A East, a couple of teams who have pulled off upsets at Jacksonville as they host Triton. 4A East as second ranked or second seeded Newburn will welcome Jordan, coached by former JTRO's offensive coordinator Justin Alred. Jacksonville will play for the Class 3A State Boys Soccer Championship tomorrow against Hickory at 2.30. In the 1A, it's Rosewood against Christ the King. 2A, it's Clinton take on Owen, all in the soccer championships. And final preparations are being made by the Panthers ahead of their Week 11 matchup against the Ravens of Baltimore. Miles Hartfield and Matt Ioannidis once again missed practice yesterday. Taylor Moten was given a rest day, while several other players continue to deal with illness. J.C. Horn was upgraded to a full participant as he recovers from a foot issue. The 3-7 Panthers kick off against the 6-3 Ravens Sunday afternoon. This 94th through the game sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. On the other side, we'll hear from JP2 head coach Sean Murphy as the football Saints get ready to play Parrot Academy tonight in a big championship game. That all comes your way on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. High school football playoffs in full effect and the uh, NCHSAA in their third round. 
The NCISAA eight-man is going to be playing their championship game, a third-round game, but a championship game tonight. Wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know who won the pony? It is a uh, familiar set of foes playing one another. Third straight year for JP2 in the title tilt against multiple-time champion uh, Parrot Academy. Full disclosure, APA alum, my dad's EAD over there. But (laughs) JP2's coach, Sean Murphy, joining us uh, here as uh, we want to congratulate him. And what a great year you guys have had, 11-1. Now, that one is uh, unfortunately one that uh, allows you to be the uh, road team in this uh, situation. But the Saints have had a heck of a year, Coach. We have. It's been a great year. And like I said, we're – you know, fortunate to be 11 and one. Our kids have, uh, you know, it's been kind of a crazy year because uh, we're one of not many that uh, would rotate between eight man games and 11 man games. So every week you're kind of, you're not only preparing for a different opponent, but you're preparing for, you know, a different amount of players. So that's been a challenge, but uh, our kids have really responded well. And, um, you know, as a whole, they played really well this year. And we've played some, you know, I think we've done some good things and uh, we're a growing program. But I, I, like I said, I'm really pleased with uh, our kids and uh, the season. And, uh, you know, obviously we want to finish it up on a good note. Yeah, it, it's another year where the uh, ground game has been the uh, the uh, main focus of the attack for your team. Uh, so uh, give us uh, the scouting report on the plan for the championship game. Well, it's pretty simple. We give the ball to our big guy, Ryan Roseborough, and uh, we let him carry a lot of bodies until he gets a first down or scores a touchdown. So it's it's not that difficult when you have a 320-pound running back. But, you know, our thing is, you know, we're going to try to run the football, control the line of scrimmage, uh, play good defense. I mean, where they, uh, you know, we scored 60 points the first time on them. We scored on every possession. The two we didn't score on, we fumbled. So we've got to protect the football and then, you know, defensively, uh, I think we only had one stop. And you can't win a foot, you know. Uh, I always tell our kids, uh, good teams uh, have great offenses, but championships have great defense. You know, championship teams have right. great defenses. So, you know, that's, uh, and that's you know, we really need our defense to step up. And uh, they've gotten a lot of work this week. And um, we've had a really good practice. The kids have been focused. And I think losing the first time to pair it, uh, you know, I think our, it's really motivated our kids some. So, you know, that's what you want. You want your kids motivated. I mean, they should be playing a championship game, but I think there's a little extra motivation just to kind of um, make up for that loss right. a couple weeks ago. Well, and there's a rivalry. Let's let's not yeah. uh, kid ourselves. No, absolutely. And it's been – it's really been – you know, I'm actually pretty good friends with Matt, and uh, I've enjoyed it, and the uh, – you know, the parent coaches are good people and, uh, they're, they're, you know, I've worked with their players in all-star games. So it's, uh, I mean, obviously both schools want to win, but we've got a pretty good relationship between both schools. Players know one another. So it's kind of fun. And that's what you want. I mean, and I, I do think we're the two best eight man teams in the state and, uh, just, you know, it's kind of, uh, what you want, you want the two best teams playing at the end. So, uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. I, I know the, I know Matt and, uh, the guys from Parrot are looking forward to it as well. Yeah. So it should be a great football game. Absolutely. Uh, JP2, 11-1, Parrot, 10-1, 7 o'clock uh, tonight, the uh, 2022 NCISAA Man Football Playoff Championship game. Uh, JP2 is playing it for the first time as a road team. 
Uh, Roseboro, by the way, 41 touchdowns on the ground. My goodness, that's uh, that's that's crazy. Uh, your, yeah. your defense, uh, I mean, you talk about championship teams have, you know, top-notch defenses, and uh, you've got a couple of guys that have uh, amassed a lot of tackles. Uh, the youngster Moore is uh, your leading tackler, I, I believe. Uh, but yeah. you have a couple of other uh, kids on the roster. Uh, Shaw is one. Ray Shaw is one of them, I believe. Yep. Uh, but but you've got two or three guys with over a hundred tackles on the season. Yeah, we do. And you know what? That was probably the only the, the most disappointing thing we played. Uh, we played Parrot this year. It was our defense was very good. Um, now, not to make an excuse, but we had a couple kids that were. That, that was a week we got hit a little bit with the flu bug, um, which certainly didn't help. But Parrot still controlled the line of scrimmage, and they still kind of dominated us uh, defensively. So I think, uh, you know, that's motivation for our kids. But, yeah, Ray Shaw, Kevion Moore, uh, we've got Tucker Holmes, Max Winkler, Nick Garza, uh, Zay Lang, uh, Quinn McCaffrey, and T.T. Moore. Those guys have been sort of our – you know, those are our eight key guys, and uh, you know they're healthy, and um, you know they've been they've been pretty solid for us. They've done a good job in both the eight man, eleven man games. I think the two playoff games we've only given up twenty total, and yeah. the last one was more against some of our backups. So they've done a really good job uh, in these past two playoff games. And Rocky Mount was very good; they had a very good offense, and I was really impressed with the way our kids played. So hopefully, uh, you know they're they're gonna. You know, be ready to go against Parrot and their offense. And um, like I said, there's there's certainly some motivation for our guys to uh, to prove themselves. APA plays uh, JP two in Kinston tonight, and the Patriots uh, bested the Saints sixty six sixty to close the yeah. regular season a few weeks ago. A uh, it was basketball on on uh, on grass or field turf, and uh, it was still a heck of a game. And and if I recall, Parrot got the winning score. Was it, if it wasn't the last play of the game, it was pretty darn close. It actually was the last play of the game. So it was kind of – we were out of timeout. They um, uh, they had uh, thought the ball went out of bounds to stop the clock, and it didn't, and they kind of got into a hurry upset. Um, you know, we couldn't really – you know, I, I think our kids uh, weren't ready for the formation that they showed, and uh, they caught us down the middle of the field. And I'll be honest with you, uh, their receiver was wide open. And I think when he crossed the goal line, the uh, clock struck zero. So it was kind of a uh, crazy ending. I think Matt said it was probably uh, one of the most exciting games that he's been a part of. And the same for me. It was a, I mean, if you like offensive football, it was definitely a fun game to watch. And it went down to literally the last play and who had the ball last. So, um for somebody who's older than Matt, I don't know if I want one more of those games where it goes, goes down to the last, right, uh, the last right. play. But uh, you know, like I said, it was a great it was a great football game, and like I said, I think uh, you know both offenses were played really, really well. And uh, you know, it's uh, as I said, that's why it should be a great game on on Friday. Roseboro, uh, six touchdowns. Parrots. Uh, Ashton Brinson had three. He ran for three thirty eight. Uh, Ryan ran for three fifty three for for you all. Uh, so uh, just just some crazy uh, numbers on the ground. Not not a good uh, game to be the defensive coaches. Uh, no, oh, no, no. <laughs> on either side that <laughs> that time. Um, do, do you expect in a in a championship game? You know, it's going to be colder. It is uh, a little different pace to championship and playoff games. 
I, do you do you ex- anticipate another kind of high scoring affair? What what are you thinking? I mean, I think uh, you know both teams. I think are going to run the football. I mean, Parrot throws a little bit more than us. They're going to rely on Ashton to uh, carry the load, just like we'll rely on Ryan. Um, I think because it's a championship game, though, I expect both defenses to play better. Um, I think it will come down to who make obviously who makes the fewest mistakes, who turns the ball over, um, you know, penalties. Because I think both teams are pretty evenly matched, and both have very good offenses, and uh, both can score. I mean, the pair is probably a little bit more explosive, where they can score, um, you know, a little bit quicker. You know, we're much more. Uh, you know, three yards and a, and a cloud of dust. So it takes us a little bit more time. But I, I would be shocked if it if it is high scoring is the first time. Like I said, I really expect both defenses uh, to step up and play much better. Um, but being an eight man game, my guess would be probably somewhere in the forties for both teams. Yeah. Coach, is there anything you and and your players that have been there before can maybe take away from your prior two experiences? Uh, yeah, well, I think first part is just the experience, you know, having played in it, um, before I think they know what to expect, um, getting off to a fast start. I think, uh, you know, especially last year we were down, I think it was like 34 to six before, you know, before we knew it. And a lot of it was, you know, uh, you know, probably not as focused as we should have been, uh, got caught up in maybe some of the hype of playing in the game. Um, and I think, and, and playing at home, I think this week there's definitely been a different vibe to practice. Um, much, I think much as focused as I've seen our kids, less talk about, uh, all the other things that are involved when you're in a state championship and more basically about just getting ready for pair and playing the football game. So I think, and that is a tribute to our seniors. We've got, you know, we've got 12 seniors where in the past we've always had three or four seniors. Right. So we had much more underclassmen. So just having more senior leadership makes a huge difference. So I think the kids, you know, they, they know what's on the line and they know, you know, what to expect. And, um, you know, like I said, I think, uh, I think they're, they're focused and they can take from, you know, the games past the, the last two years. I think, you know, a lot of them, when they were sophomores, they were just happy being there because it was kind of uh, – they were probably the third best team, but just sort of the way the uh, the brackets were set up. Last year, uh, we, we hit a really good Cary Christian team who was right. just peaking at the right time. Um, and I think and we just got off to a slow start. But I think uh, – so I think there's a lot they'll, they'll learn from both of those. And I just think you know, having the senior senior leadership makes a huge difference. Coach uh, Sean Murphy with us here, JP2 and Parrot tonight in the state championship game. Uh, not to uh, get so far off of the uh, the beaten path, but you broke some news with us uh, when we talked to you back in August about the intention of JP2 to go full-time 11-man. Is that still yep. in your uh, plan as a football program? Yep, yep. We're, we're uh, full steam ahead, so we've uh... – I think most of I think I've got about seven or eight games. We're going independent for the first two years okay. because we want to make sure that with this transition, we want to do it the right way, and we want to make sure that we're playing teams that we're uh, competitive with, and and that's and you know the way you know kids want to be associated with a uh, you know good strong program that has success, and that's how you uh, attract numbers, and uh, so we want to do it smart. We don't want to just jump in and you know, uh, play Cardinal Gibbons and Providence right. Day right. and be a nightmare. So right. we want to make sure that we do it and grow the program and, 
you know, continue to build it from sort of the ground up. We have the most, uh, this is our largest freshman class in, in, in not only our school, but the football program. So we just want to keep building it with uh, our freshmen and keep growing the program. But yeah, we're definitely looking forward to going 11 man. And it only makes sense because of our numbers. You know, we're now in the mid forties and most of the eight man teams with the exception of Parrot, you know, they've got, you know, low twenties, high teens. So right, it's just right. kind of, it's the next, it's the next move. Parrot, and I, you know, like I said, I, I think it's good for the league and it's good for our school. Parrot, like you, uh, has played some 11 man games this year and, and in the last several years. Is that been worked out to play them again, or, or have you broached that subject? Because no, we well, we've reached out. We would love to because I think it's really good for Eastern North Carolina. It's good for this area. It's good for for, for both schools. And we have kind of see paired a little bit of, as our well, they are a rival. So we want to definitely continue it. And I think what Paris just waiting on right now is to kind of look at their. Uh, look at their schedule, and because uh, I think they're still waiting for their schedule from the NCISAA for next year. But if I'm sure if we can make it work, we will. Because I definitely, you know, no matter what, it's just good to play them because both school, you know, student bodies, you know, they, it, you know, we get great crowds. The kids are into it. The schools, in, it's just fun. Well, so, what was, that's what, well, you want. what was really cool? I know for parents last. Uh, maybe one of their playoff games or last uh, something like you had a Thursday game. They had a Friday. And a lot of your kids were over there, you yes, know, watching the yeah. game with the, with the parent students. So I thought that was kind of, yes. Cool. Yeah. So our students, uh, you know, it was really funny because they, I think they came over to watch the game, but they spent more time, I think, uh, talking to the young ladies over Paris <laughs> than they did actually watch the game. But, uh, but that's, you know, that's, that's kind of part of the high school experience. Yeah. The social yeah. part and have fun and, that's kind of the cool thing. And that's why we want to, you know, we really would like to continue it because our kids know a lot of their kids and parents. It's just fun. Like I said, it's fun for the community and it's just fun to be a part of. And like I said, uh, Matt and I have a pretty good relationship. So I'm sure if we can, we definitely want to make it happen. And I'm sure if they uh, have the opening, they'll do the same. Two great uh, programs they'll meet tonight uh, in an eight man championship game. And if you're wondering, you know, you'd like to go watch a football game tonight, this would be the one in Kinston to go see. I think it's it's going to be uh, tremendous. Hey, Coach Murphy, best of luck. We always enjoy talking with you, and uh, good luck against the Patriots tonight. Oh, that's great. Thanks so much for having us. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, it will be a great game for everyone to come out and take. That game at uh, 7 o'clock, Hodges Field uh, tonight in Kinston. Best of luck to JP2 and the uh, Patriots as uh, they meet on the grid uh, tonight. Uh, Some other uh, high school football games uh, of interest going on. They include the top seed in the 1A East Tarbell hosting Riverside out of Williamston. Pretty good team Williamston's uh, got, but it'll be a tough putt tonight as it always is against Tarbell this time of year. Perquimans, the two seed against North Moore, against the two seed North Moore. 2A East, 11 seed Hertford County at Whiteville, East Duplin hosting Clinton. They've met in the playoffs a lot of times over the years. Wallace Rose Hill in Nash Central, 3A East. Uh, it'll be upset-minded Jacksonville against upset-minded Triton, 4A East. 2C Newburn will welcome Jordan, coached by uh, former Rose offensive coordinator, our guy Justin Allred. And good luck tomorrow. Jacksonville plays in the Class 3A uh, Boys Soccer State Championship. So uh, 2.30 on the pitch tomorrow. Best of luck there. We will be back to wrap it up in just a bit.
we promised you some Blake Harrell uh, audio. Won't be able to get to all of it here. We'll have some tomorrow, obviously, on the pregame. Uh, but Coach Harrell, I'm preparing for the uh, Houston Cougar offense. I think it's a challenge, and I think the guys are, are excited about it. You know, they're, they're excited every challenge that comes up every week, whether it be the ground game, pass game, this guy, that guy, whoever it may be. You know, so we got to make sure we keep the ball in front of us, make sure we don't give up the explosive play. That's, that's been the focus again. Um, you know, obviously last week gave up the explosive play, and it, it, it turned out to be the difference in the ball game. So we got to make sure we keep the ball in front of us and make them earn their way down the field. Um, and if we do that, we think we'll have a chance to win a ball game at the end of the game. Back tomorrow with the award-winning fastest two hours in radio, the often imitated, never duplicated Pirate Game Day countdown, the granddaddy of them all. Actual pregame uh, flavor from on-site, crystal clear, and uh, also actual uh, analysis. John Gilbert, exclusive interview with him tomorrow at 11 a.m. when you join us for the Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown. We'll have uh, Andrew Bays with us tomorrow as uh, our analyst, and then we'll also uh, be uh, catching up with Doug Martin tomorrow. And you never know who else will stop by. So uh, all of that on uh, Senior Day in Greenville. Okay, so uh, big thanks today to Coach Martin for being on with us. Also to uh, Sean Murphy, the JP2 head coach. Good luck to them tonight against uh, the Patriots of Parrot Academy in the uh, playoffs as uh, high school football uh, continues to roll on in the postseason. Public schools are in their uh, third round of the playoffs. Ben Byron producing today's show. Great job as always. We'll catch you tomorrow uh, for Pirate Game Day Countdown. I'll be on Talk of the Town all week next week, but also here on the Patrick Johnson Show. No rest for the weary. Uh, So we'll uh, talk to you on Monday. Uh, Be safe. Have a great weekend, everybody.